Huzzah Rangers, this is Phil Harris coming to you from the Jax Rangers show. This is episode four, baby. We're moving right along. Episode four is jammed packed, guys, because guess what? It is rivalry week. We lost to Atlanta. We'll talk about that a little bit later on in the episode with Dave in the Outrider segment. Boo-hoo. It's still wide open in the East, guys. That's the good news. But right now, I want to focus on it is rivalry week. We are facing... Rooney, otherwise known as New Jersey, Rugby United New Jersey, that is their name for the rest of the week. I call them that all year round, but I'm really going to harp on the fact that this New York team has to play in New Jersey, just like the Giants and the Jets and the Red Bulls of the world. They call themselves New York. They play in New Jersey. It's a joke. Sopranos, rebrand, KFC, it's all happening, baby. This week, uh, we've got, a, like I said, a jammed pack show. I wanted to mention who's on the show. Okay, of course, we've got the Outrider segment with Phil and Dave, as I said earlier, breaking down Free Jacks news. The the game against Atlanta, we'll be breaking that down. The ana- analysis will be there, guys, later on in the show. We're going to be talking about the upcoming game against New Jersey and also looking around the league at the scores and the rapid reactions of those from around the league here in week nine, I guess it is, week nine. Also, I wanted to mention we have a GoFundMe set up for Coach Ryan Martin. It was something that was set on Coach's Corner, the most recent one that came out uh, last week, where Dallin was mentioning that he was wearing a Bruins uh, hat, Coach Ryan Martin was, and uh, we have been here at the Jacks Rangers show clamoring for a Bruins hat to be worn on the show back backstory. This is what happened. So first coach's corner, coach Ryan Martin, who's a New Zealander, right? We kind of give him a little bit of a pass for this, but he was wearing a LA Clippers hat of all things after we played LA in LA. So I jumped on there on my personal account because this was pre-Jacks Rangers. I went on there and gave him a little bit of flack saying you would never see Bill Belichick wearing a LA, LA Clippers hat. He would never wear that hat if, let's say, the Patriots were playing the LA Rams in LA. It just would not happen in his press conference. So we set him straight. He started wearing, he, he wore a Celtics hat uh, the next week. And since then, he's wearing Patriots. Uh, he's worn Red Sox. And then finally, weeks after the Red Sox hat, he wore a Bruins hat. Dallin mentioned, you know, this is kind of getting a, to be an expensive endeavor for Coach to buy all these hats that we're asking him to wear. Next week, hopefully, we see a new, uh, new England Revolution hat. So I've set up for the Jacks Rangers show, through the Jacks Rangers show, rather, a GoFundMe for Coach Ryan Martin's hat expenses. The goal is $250. That'll buy him a lot of hats, right? And kind of reimburse him for the expenses of the hats that he's already purchased, which was would be Patriots, Bruins, Red Sox, Celtics. We're already at 100 $30, guys, as of me recording this right now, which is on Sunday, May the 16th, in the year of our Lord, 2021. <laughs> so if you guys can go on to GoFundMe.com, search for Coach Ryan Martin Hat Fund, I believe it is, Hat Fund, donate. You know, a little bit goes a long way. Uh, once we reach the goal, I'm planning on getting one of those big wacky checks and presenting it to him at a future game. <laughs> So it's just something silly to have fun with. But I wanted to mention, this is the biggest interview that we've ever done. Now, Spider was absolutely huge, but I think this is just slightly bigger because we've got the biggest fish that we could reel in, guys, in terms of Free Jack's staff. We've got Alexander Magleby coming on. Mags is on the show for our interview this week. But I said it was jam-packed earlier, and what I mean by that is, so we've got Outriders with Phil and Dave. We've got a Mags interview that was awesome that Dave joined in on, and he was very happy to do that. 
also, because it's rivalry week, we're playing those roosters, those pesky roosters from New Jersey. We've got on the big guy, Scott Ferrara from Rugby Rant. And he also occasionally, if you'll notice on the episodes here, they've been in hibernation for a while. I'm kind of poking fun at him a little bit here. The Rooster Boosters podcast for the Rooney supporters, the New Jersey supporters, as I like to call them. He is also going to be on this show. Wanted to give a couple shout outs before we jump into the episode. Jeez, I, I haven't even done the intro music, guys. This is how big this episode is. Shout outs go to Chris Lind, who has been very helpful with uh, providing some feedback about the show. He mentioned, I said, moving right along too frequently in the last uh, Outriders uh, episode, which he was correct. After I posted it and after I listened to it all the way through, I did notice after the fact that I did I was saying that too much. And I even p- kind of poked fun at myself on YouTube. So if you haven't seen that comment, go check that out in the previous episode listed on YouTube. And Chris was saying, because we were saying that it's a working title for Outriders with Phil and Dave, he's saying that we could probably come up with a better segment name, which I don't disagree with. He had mentioned uh, moving right along with Phil and Dave. So that's very funny, Chris. Thank you so much for your feedback. Finally, I wanted to give a shout out to Joseph Sanchez. He is a guy that uh, I went to a game today for the Worcester uh, Woosox. It's the first series, I believe, at home. They're at a brand new, beautiful ballpark in Worcester, Massachusetts, Polar Park. I was walking through the concourse there and I had my mask on and it was of course a Free Jacks mask and he's and he's a he's a worker that works there a staff member of the Woo Sox and he was like hey Free Jacks that's awesome man so I went over and you know uh, gave him some knuckles I said hey man what's up and he's a he's a big Free Jacks supporter so I just wanted to give him and he also listens to the show he's a listener of the show that's you know the main reason I wanted to shout him out Joseph Sanchez this little moment right here is for you brother keep listening I appreciate uh, you listening in woo go Free Jacks and and go Worcester uh, Red Sox. I, I do love baseball. I love all sports, guys. But rugby is, of course, uh, number one in my heart. So that does it for the shout outs. Let's jump right into the show. This is a mega show, guys. I'm trying to really you know, insert some excitement here. We've got a huge show for you. It's rivalry, baby. Let's beat those stupid roosters. KFC, baby. Fry up that chicken. Woo! Let's go. Huzzah! <laughs> Man, that intro is a banger, baby. Woo, it gets me fired up every time. All right, guys. Like I said uh, several times already in the episode, it is rivalry week. So we want to beat New Jersey. We're going to beat them stupid chickens down there in New Jersey, in Jersey City. Pranos, hey. We're coming for you. Just wanted to promote the rugby rant. I'm going to have Scott, the big guy, later on in the episode. I actually was able to join them in a recording for the Rugby Rant podcast, which is now also, congratulations guys, on the Rugby Network. So you will be able to see me in the episode on Friday, this coming Friday, which the 21st, I will be on the episode. I will tell you right now, I'm my, I'm my own harshest critics, and I would say that my performance was less than amazing, uh, maybe a little bit uh, overwhelmed and nervous by the bright lights of the Rugby Rant podcast. Hopefully they'll have me on in the future and I'll be able to uh, to get everything sorted out there with uh, being a little bit more nervous than I expected and uh, being a little bit overwhelmed. But hey, it was my first time in that type of format. Normally I was just a one-on-one conversation that I have with folks on this show. And hey, it's still early on, right? So I don't want to be too harsh with myself, but yeah, I'll, you know, I was on the 
episode, guys. <laughs> Be gentle with me uh, in, in the comments, please, and thank you. Another thing I wanted to mention here real quick, I wanted to promote the watch along that we are doing on the 23rd. So obviously, New England is playing down in New Jersey against Rooney, the Roosters, those uh, dirt peckers, as uh, I like to call them, on the 23rd at 4 p.m. Eastern time. So the, if you guys don't know already, the Three Bod Rugby Group out in Ireland, our cousins across the, the pond there, put on watch-alongs from time to time of rugby games. So the way that a watch-along works, if you're not familiar, is we will stream ourselves, uh, not watching, not streaming the game, but us watching the game. So you guys can tune in to our reactions as the game is taking place our match thoughts at halftime and at the end so you can you know on your let's say tv you can watch the game maybe put it on mute if you would like and then maybe on your phone or your laptop tablet whatever you guys can watch us watching the game it sounds a little weird if you've never done it before but it's actually quite entertaining my boys is at stretford paddock which is a manchester united uh supporter fan page on uh youtube and they're, they're on everything they do a really good job at those watch along so we're going to take a stab at it here with the jacks rangers show the format should be myself as a free jacks fan of course and one more jacks ranger type uh, free jack fan and there might be two uh, Rooney supporters as well, if we can get it uh, squared away on Sunday, the 23rd at 4 p.m. So watch out for social um, links and stuff like that, that I'll be posting for that watch along in promotion of that. I'm really excited. Um, Big Joe Shepard, who runs the Three Blood Rugby Group. I'm a big fan of his work, man. They do top, top, notch work. They actually do the uh, production for the Free Jacks videos that you see that get posted on a monthly basis, the Midnight Rider series that uh, that they have there. I think Joe's behind all of that. So they, he does primo work, as we say in the industry. I don't know what I'm talking about, but uh, yeah. Anyway, just wanted to promote those two things. One more thing, guys. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm just so excited. I am ordering 25 stickers that's going to have the Jack's Rangers logo and it's going to say the Jack's Rangers show on the sticker. So if you want to send me your address, I will mail you a sticker. I will pay for postage. I will get a sticker out to you. DM me on Twitter or Instagram with your address or Facebook message me on the Jack's Rangers Facebook group there over your address and I will send you no purchase necessary. I will send you a sticker that you can stick wherever you want to. Cool things happening with the show, man. It's already, you know, only four episodes in here. So feel like a rookie still. I am a rookie still with all of this, but uh, big things happening, guys. Positive momentum for the show for sure. All right. So here we go with Outriders with Phil and Dave happening. Here we go right now on the Jacks Rangers show. Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Rangers show. I've got my buddy Dave, uh, co host of the Outriders. This is our Outriders segment here. Dave, how the hell are you? I'm doing great. Good to be here, Phil. Yeah, it's Happy awesome. to talk about rugby. Yeah. Um, we had a, a little bit of a, a slump, if you'll say that, in Atlanta, unfortunately. But uh, we're bouncing back. It's rivalry week, baby! Let's That's get it. Right. Absolutely. Woo! Ready to ride. It's going uh, to be quite the showdown, I think, with Rooney. I agree. So let's jump right into Free Jacks news. Any updates about Welsh players in MLR, Dave? Nothing yet. Haven't, <laughs> haven't found one yet. Your dog ate your homework. Yeah, nothing Nothing to nothing to report. All right. Um, so the Free Jacks have signed uh, Ewan Brumwell, 
who is a fly half slash center. There's an Otaga connection with Coach Ryan Martin. So excited to get him into the fold here. Um, and there's a bit of a theme because we've got one more guy that was just signed today. He is a Fijian national team standout and playmaker. Tui Draco um, is his first name. And the last name has Sam USA and then a couple more syllables after that that I have yet to uh, figure out how to pronounce. He's yeah, a fly I, half. I think I could be wrong, but this is this is my best my best guess uh, is Tui Draki Samu Samu Vodre. All right. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> yeah, I, haven't, I haven't found any audio of anyone pronouncing his name yet, and right. I am not fam that familiar with Fijian names, unfortunately. So, The theme here is he's a fly half as well. What do you make of these signings, Dave? Just depth coverage, or is the team looking for a new fly half starter? I think not looking for a new fly half starter. Um, I think that we have had to tap some of the depth resources we have in our um, bench guys, our 23 this uh the past several weeks okay. and i think they're looking to shore that up um i don't think it's a problem of under performers in the starting rotation you know at 10 um, but i think some of the guys they've had making spot uh, appearances on the bench um are maybe not their First choice, considering how often it's it's been happening. You know, we've seen yep. some of the Jared Collinson, the strength and conditioning coach, who's a great guy, great local player. Um, but uh, I think that that is uh, not him specifically, but just an example. We've seen a lot more of Jared than we probably would have expected this season, maybe. And um, that's the kind of stuff that they're they're seeing. They have a need where they're using players in those positions a little bit more and maybe looking for a little bit more depth. Uh, we've also had some unfortunate, you know, injury problems, um, not at uh, 10 specifically, but like with um, Brasati and um, Sean Yacobian both being out at the beginning of the season and now Sean Yacobian's back out again. So we've just seen a lot of churn in the back line sure. and these guys have so much experience. I think they bring a lot of liquidity to the roster where they can plug in a lot of places with, you know, high level of confidence. Yeah, I think Ewan for sure is more of a utility guy. He can play at center. He can play at high, fly half. Hell, he might be able to play over the, the whole dang back line there. So yeah. that's exciting. I think it's interesting to note, too, what um, Ryan Martin is kind of looking for in these guys. I We have one guy, uh, Tuadraki, has been a captain at Fiji, you know. Um, leadership, it's got to have a high work rate. I haven't seen him play before, but I'm just guessing, you know, based on that. Um, he's got to be a hard worker. I saw that Ewan Brummel's nickname is Honest. Okay. Honest Ewan, based on, you know, this is just from the Free Jacks press release, but based on the his um, work rate and, you know, how much how much work he puts into matches. So right. I think um, that's something we can read just from the, the scant information we have so far. Utility guys who work hard. Yeah. Love it. All right, so next on the uh, the little list here for Free Jacks News, we've got Coach Ryan Martin Hat Fund. So let me explain this real quick for the folks that may not be aware. I did mention it earlier in the podcast, but um, for those that may not have been paying attention, um, <laughs> Coach Ryan Martin uh, loves his hats. He actually wore a L.A. Clippers hat during the first Coach's Corner, corner with Dow and Stanford. And on my personal page, so this was pre-free Jacks, or excuse me, pre-Jacks uh, Rangers, um, I kind of lit him up a little bit. I was like, hey, man, you know, Bill Belichick wouldn't wear an L.A. Clippers hat if the L.A. Rams just play the Patriots in L.A., just so you know. 
Um, so can we get you a, um, a Celtics hat? So by God, the next week he was wearing a Celtics hat. And since that point, he's worn, um, you know, Red Sox, um, Bruins most recently, you know, so, and Patriots as well. So yeah. I, I commented, I commented every week. I'm like, you know, I reckon he'll be wearing this hat. So then the most recent one I've said is the revolution um, <laughs> soccer team. So, Goodness. yeah. And Dallin happened to mention like, oh, we should start a GoFundMe. Go so guess what? Jack's Rangers did. We started a GoFundMe. <laughs> we got it. It's $130 deep at this point. We've got a goal of $250. I can buy him all kind of fancy hats and, um, and reimburse him for the ones that have already been purchased. So it's a little bit of fun. We're being silly, right? Absolutely. Yeah, it's good fun. I noticed the guys in the organization seem to have taken a liking to it, too. Yes. It's pretty cool to see TK and uh, uh, Willix, I think, was on there and Mags, all these guys donating who are, you know, part of the team. And Dave donated so I, as well. So I appreciate you. Appreciate it, Dave. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a good it's a good cause. I think it's a good amount, a good bit of fun. And if we get this thing finished um, by the time a home game rolls around, which I'm hoping that we will, I've got a little surprise. I'm looking, I'm researching some stuff to make it a little bit more funny as well. So uh, guys be on the lookout for that. So the final thing I wanted to mention with Jack's uh, free Jack's news is the Massachusetts governor, Mr. Baker, an uh, announcement today allows for full capacity starting May the 19th. And isn't that convenient? We have a game that day, which is uh, I believe a sun Saturday or Sunday. Um, yeah. Sun Sunday, Saturday. Saturday, you're right. It's the last Saturday game, and then we have a bunch of Sunday games after that. Sorry, a bunch yeah. of our home games are Sunday games, but not yeah, that yeah. one. But tickets are available, so that means that we are wide open, baby. Um, let's get shoulder to shoulder in this bad boy. Yeah, Free uh, Jacks announced that we'll, they will be selling, opening up and selling a lot more tickets. So get on the get on that website, freejacks.com, get your tickets. Yeah, call Ollie, you know, <laughs> make him very busy for the next couple weeks, all those guys in the uh, the ticketing office. Um, founding members to return to their original seats, which I know a lot of people are excited about, including myself. Yep. It's going to be a Free Jacks summer, baby. Woo! Absolutely. Huzzah. Get your huzzahs ready, everybody. Yeah, exactly. We're going to need them. We're going to be doing them. <laughs> All right, so rapid reactions. Round number nine has concluded. Interesting fact, all away teams except Toronto lost this week. Yeah, I was having a conversation about that with a friend of mine um, who came to the last match with me and has become a Free Jacks fan. He's buying tickets to the upcoming match as well. Um, but he is a football coach, pretty accomplished line coach and uh, at the high school level. And he was commenting that, you know, from just from what he's watched already, it seems like travel is really punishing um, for a lot of the MLR teams. You know, pro teams spend a lot of money on that stuff right. and not just to pamper players. You know, it makes a difference competitively when you can travel better, rest more, travel sooner, you know. Um, so I think we are seeing a little bit of that effect on the league. Absolutely. Um, and I think we saw a little bit in our, our game there as well towards the end, but we'll get to that a little bit later on. Um, so the first game that was uh, available to us this weekend was, uh, or this past weekend, Nola Gold 17 and San Diego Legion 43. So what I wrote down, San Diego at home for the first time all season, and then they played like it. Okay, they were in San Diego. Joe Peterson, the fly half, is back and steering the ship. Uh, it's a feel-good story for um, San Diego to win. They've had a lot of injuries to some star players this season, so it's nice to see them blow somebody out. And a good NOLA gold team, that, that team's very competitive. It's not like they're some you know dumpster fire. Um, so, yeah, uh, good for them. Yeah, great, great to see. Good yeah. performance from them. And, uh, you know, it's always good to see a team bounce back. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, I saw some rumors that uh, Maya Nanu uh, might be a player coach, but I, I, I saw that maybe on rugby wrap up and then I didn't see it again. So was that just rumor? Do you know anything? I have the same story as you. I saw it. I saw the story floated as like a breaking story. And then yeah. I saw nothing from nothing anybody. Else. I didn't ever see anything official from San Diego. I don't think. Yeah. Um, so yeah, kind of floated. would be great. I think it's, I think he's a good fit. He's, you know, fun guy to watch. And I'm sure he has a ton of wisdom he could pass down Absolutely. Um, about those all blacks teams and yeah. their no assholes rule. Always a good rule. And any rugby team, no assholes, yeah. assholes, not welcome. Thank you. This is a team. That is, uh, that's a good rule with any organization, I think, to be honest. Yeah. All right. So the next one up was Toronto Arrows 19 and Houston Sabercats 10. What I wrote down, the great Matt McCarthy commentating a long, along with a very country accented man that I recognize as Grant Cole, who is Mr. Rugby in Texas. That guy has done it all. He's been a coach. I mean, anything involving rugby, he's more than willing to volunteer his time. He is fantastic ambassador for rugby. He's a rugby evangelist. Um, years ago, when USA Rugby played Argentina in Houston, Grant gave me some good advice when I was down there watching the game. Um, in regards to the game itself, no score 20 minutes in, although Toronto was camped in Houston's end for most of the first quarter. Houston had an exciting charge down into a try late into the game, but it was not enough to overcome uh, that led that that lead that Toronto had built. I actually wrote all of this down and I just misread it. So everybody uh, that uh, has their constructive feedback, I appreciate you. I went from the sticky notes and now I've uh, printed it out. So I just misspoke. There you go. Yep. No good deed goes unpunished, Phil. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. it's good to see Grant getting out there and, yeah. and doing some commenting. He's he's somebody like you said, all over the Texas rugby scene. He's also all over social media. Mm -hmm. So if you're anywhere in the like rugby social media scene, yeah. you've seen him. Yep. you know sharing his opinions he's a good he's a good guy and he, he sure. speaks his mind really well too yes he does all right so the next up uh, next one we have here is new jersey at austin jabronis so this is rivalry week um here with us against new jersey so you love to see new jersey lose a game prior to uh our game with them because everybody was kissing their butt after they beat la <laughs> in uh, a very good fashion i'm not you know taking anything away from what they did to beat la but um, I'm glad that they've been knocked down a peg or two here coming into our game because I really would not did not want to have everybody saying, oh, you know, New Jersey is just going to beat New England, blah, blah, blah. So uh, it was a penalty kick fest is what I saw from the highlights, at least. A forward dominating game uh, from the highlights as well. You kind of yeah, saw that. I wonder if that's how um, New York is going to try to play against us because this New York team, they can really do it all. Um, they're yeah, they're dangerous. Yeah, they get to choose what they want to do day to day, which is a nice place to be in for a team competitively. Yeah. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see what they show up with, and you know who, which team shows up, both tactically and performance wise, right? Because they kind of like the Free Jacks have been a little bit inconsistent on the field this this season, so right, uh, it'll make things interesting for sure. All right, Utah at LA. This game was – so the previous one, I don't think I stated the score. It was 9-16, to 16, <laughs> um, uh, New Jersey uh, losing to the Gilgronis. Um, and the next one here, we're skipping over our game, of course, 27 Utah Warriors, 38 L.A. Um, 
at rugby at the most expensive sports venue in the world. You love to see that. It's good. I don't know. I think it is my club rugby background and having to have sometimes played on football fields and high school football fields, which are really narrow. Right. Um, but I just hate those thick white sidelines that are not sidelines. Um, yeah. I find it I find it really distracting as a viewer. It's it's the only field setup that bothers me, I, I think. Um, that said, I would go there in a heartbeat. What a cool venue to see a rugby match in. Um, you know, I just hope, uh, I really hope that we get to see some, some nice rugby specific pitches in the future. Some, you know, cropping up in the MLR is just becoming more common. We've got a couple, but it would yes. be good to see more. Uh, Houston has led the way with that, obviously. But when I was uh, first starting playing, you know, I kind of created a high school team and then I you know, transitioned over to Charlotte uh, Rugby Club, the old originals. And back then, this was the early 2000s, Dave, they had their own rugby specific field and clubhouse back then. So I was just like, this is so cool. I guess every team has that. And no, they don't. No. Yeah. When I went to Scotland with my wife uh, years and years ago, um, it was the summer and there's no rugby happening of any variety. I emailed Scottish rugby and was like, I would just love to see anything, literally anything, club match, 15 sevens, a practice, something. And they emailed me back at, like I was crazy. They were like, no, <laughs> it's August. There will be nothing. That's um and uh, it was disappointing. So we drove to rugby clubhouses anyway while we were driving around Scotland. Yeah. And I would just pull up and stop and get out and kind of look around and be like, oh, they have a field. They have a clubhouse. Look, look, they have their own bar and restaurant over here. This is this is great. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. L.A. scored a beautiful uh, champagne rugby kick and chase uh, try 25 minutes in. Two questionable groundings by L.A. that were awarded as tries. Uh, might be a TMO situation in the future with uh, MLR. Maybe we'll get that next year. Um, Utah fault like uh, like the Free Jacks do at the last second to get a dead time try, but LA just had too much firepower for them, and they you know, they lost the game regardless. Yeah, it's going to be uh, LA have have shown that they are you know not really losing a step. They lost a match, but they're they're still hitting hard. Oh yeah. And it's, uh, they remain a, the team to beat. It's pretty scary. For sure. Seattle Seawolves, 18. Old Glory, D.C., 22. Very close game here. Yeah, well, I was really pulling for Seattle there. Yeah. I was hoping they could beat, really hoping they could beat D.C., both for, you know, conference reasons and just for wanting them to, to, to get another win under their belt this season. But yeah. it was not in the cards. D.C. played hard. Um, all year long, you know, if a East Coast team is playing a Western Conference team, we want the um, Eastern Conference team to lose just for the standings um, because it's just so close, obviously. Um, I saw on Reddit a post with a dumpster fire that said Seattle uh, to, um, Seattle 2021 on it. Um, I also noticed on there um, a couple of the players on the roster for both Seattle and D.C. are just a blast from the past, like – Samu Manoa and uh, was it Threaten Palamu? Those guys. Yep. Yeah. The, yeah. I mean, there's some. Yeah. Some practically old boys at this point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I remember watching. Um, it's probably 11 years ago at this point. The college uh, rugby championship for sevens uh, that they play at Philadelphia pretty much every year. I remember mm -hmm. seeing um, Mr. Palamo there for Utah and they were talking about him like he was the best thing of all time, you know, as a, uh, a sevens player. And he was, and he's had a great career, a career since then, but uh, he's getting a little bit long in the tooth there. 
Um, beautiful chip and chase leads to a try of the week contender for DC uh, with 25 minutes in. Seattle in striking di distance uh, to lead. That uh, They attacked in dead time, but uh, they knocked it on, unfortunately. Another heartbreaking loss for Seattle. Sorry, Rucky. <laughs> Friend of the show. Friend of the show, he is. I actually talked to him because um, he was uh, putting on social media. He's giving away these stickers. So I was like, hey, I'll take one if you want to send one to me. So he's going to send me a sticker, and I'm going to send him a sticker because I actually made some stickers for the show. So if anybody wants a sticker and you're hearing this, um, send me your address. I know that sounds weird. Maybe if you got a P.O. box, that's perfectly fine, too. Send the address. <laughs> I'll send you a sticker. All right. Um, so unfortunately, we have to talk about uh, our Free Jacks against Atlanta. At Atlanta, the final score on that one was 18 favor of the Rattlers. What do you think, Dave? Uh, it was a tough, uh, it was a tough, tough loss. It was frustrating to watch. I feel like I know a little bit what the fans of some of the teams we beat this season feel like where Atlanta in the second half just seemed like they were in total control. Mm -hmm. um, and the Free Jacks at times seem really to be almost desperate to just create something, um, which led to a lot of uncharacteristic handling error something we don't see a lot from the team um, kind of made you appreciate how good the handling has been the rest of the season because we dropped a lot of balls on saturday yeah. um and it was tough uh, when our scrum wasn't performing so a knock on turns into a scrum turns into a, you know an opportunity for a penalty they're going to kick down the field and take their line out their line out was outperforming our line out and their mall was outperforming our defensive mall um it was just kind of a, a cascade of bad situations, you know, low percentage situations for the free jacks just yeah. stacked on top of each other. Good game management from Atlanta. They had a game plan. They executed really well. Um, you know, you, as Pedro Martinez says, sometimes you just got to tip your hat and yeah. call him your daddy. I wouldn't go that far, but I understand. What you're <laughs> I had to get it in there though. It was such a moment, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it was, uh, it was tough though. It was, yeah. it was not a good, only three out of 10 MLR experts picked us to win the game. Uh, Dave, your key to the game was to stop Atlanta Malls, but the first points scored were a, a mall try by Atlanta. So at that, uh, at that point, I was like, uh-oh, uh, we got to figure this out. And unfortunately, we didn't really – I think we were losing the entire game. I don't think we led once. Uh, yeah, the and we threw, the, we threw everything but the kitchen sink at that first mall to try and stop it. We stopped the first one pretty well. And then the next line out, we committed a penalty and they kicked to the edge again. And we, um, and then we gave it up on that. We tried the no contest and that didn't work. Yep. Um, they responded correctly and just kept the ball at the front and started driving. So we had to engage and start them all. We then were a little unprepared for, um, Josh Larson got in there and tried to stop it. He got a hand on it, but couldn't stick. And it was, uh, it was tough. And that kind of set. Uh, that was like five minutes. We were down in that corner forever waiting on that first try to finally, you know, get in. Uh, and it kind of set the tone for the rest of the game, yeah. For sure. Knock-ons all game by us. Slippery ball, I believe is what the commentators were saying. Seems like we had more than any other game in terms of knock-ons in this one, and it really bit us in the butt there with turnovers. Yeah, absolutely. It was um... – it was not good. Uh, a lot of the, there was a lot of big contact too. Atlanta's a very physical team, so wet ball makes sense. That's when you really see the ball squirting everywhere. When it, there's a lot of a lot of collision with energy and 
you know, if the ball's wet, it's going to go. Yeah. Uh, attacking, kicking by Atlanta burned us twice with tries there. Um, line out woes continuing, bad overthrows at the end of the game. Despite yep. all of that, we were right there in the game, 19 to 18 with 71 minutes left. So we're talking about this like it was some kind of domination display, and it really wasn't per se. I mm-hmm. mean, we were in the game. Um, we were one, we had one point differential with 71 minutes left, and then what happened? Two yellow cards. Lack of discipline burns us again, my friend. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's just, you know. Uh, putting ourselves in situations where it's where it's tough to win. Um, they were team yellows. Uh, you know, the, the ref's going to do what he has to do to manage the game. Um, it's the sort of thing where it wasn't an individual error. You know, it wasn't somebody going out headhunting, yeah. doing something foolish, and making a high tackle. Um, it was just a you know. A, team mistake of of not minding our discipline enough as a as a group um in the scrum and just in the loose at the breakdown so once you're in that position yeah you're you're hard pressed to do anything about it we did it once maybe you only get one a season maybe when we went down to two yellow cards and then stole the ball i actually said while i was watching oh you know we we did it one time maybe we can and then then atlanta scored (laughs) yeah it was all she wrote after that. Uh, nice to see and hear so many Free Jacks fans there, though. I think Tammy McQueen, who's uh, one of the staff members of the Free Jacks, lived in Atlanta. So I think she had bought a bunch of tickets and, and people showed out. I, I even saw a limousine pulling up in her Instagram posts <laughs> with Free Jacks oh, fans. Oh, wow. There you That's go. High cool. society. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my MVP for the game, it's weird to say this, you know, because we lost, but uh, Harry Barton. Uh, running over a player to score a try. He's only 21 years old, guys. Um, he's also my musket size pants tent. I didn't award it to the other team this week. Uh, I <laughs> that wheelbarrow Barlow? Is that? Yeah, old Barlow. Yeah. Um, let me see here. I, I think I said Barton. I wrote it as Barton, but it's Barlow, of course. Yeah. Um, they had mentioned uh, they made a mistake on the graphics there um during the game and said that he was 18 i was like there's no that's not that's not true and <laughs> that's I was like, hilarious maybe they're just firing shots that might yeah. that might that might just be poking right. fun at that point right yeah he's 21 um but yeah i mean what a what a player um the physicality just running over somebody to score a try you love to see that in rugby of course yeah yeah he knows he knows how to be evasive and he knows how to control the contact too so i mean that's that's the combination you want out of a guy out there to, whose job is there to finish those tries. And we're seeing he's got a lot of tools in the toolbox to finish them. So it's good, exciting player to watch. Who's your MVP of the game? Um, I'm going to say it's tough to, it's tough to pick anybody out for an exceptional performance. There are some people who did individual things that were, they were good. Vian Conradi was, you know, powerful as always. Um, he's always got a lot of, uh, great runs and tackles out there, but I was very happy to see Pawasa Wakanabao in the roster, and um, I was excited for the defense that he brought. And I thought I thought he came up well. He generated a lot of pressure. He generated some turnovers, um, which is what we need him doing out there. So I'll give it to I'll give it to Pawasa. All right, perfect. Um, so moving right, uh, almost said it. Uh, so. Uh, <laughs> Next thing here um, is rivalry week, baby. We've got New England at New Jersey, our Sopranos little brothers. Um, 
Yeah, playing just across the Hudson in Jersey City, yep. right on the water. So I hope our uh, away fans don't get too confused. Just follow the GPS, guys. Yes, you're going to go into New Jersey from New York. Yes, it's weird because they're called New York. But, I mean, you know, it, just, it is what it is, unfortunately. Hopefully the team bus doesn't get lost either on the way there. <laughs> um, this is one that we've circled on the calendar since the schedule was released. I know our captain and the Eagle – uh, as a born and raised New Englander on the team, are letting the team know how much this one means to the fans. It's a big one, Dave. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, a team you never want to lose to. Uh, even people who don't care that much about rugby are going to hear about it. Um, it's the sort of grudge match that brings a little bit of extra energy. Um, so guys are going to have to feel that and keep their heads. Um, it's a tough tightrope to walk sometimes. Yeah. So it should be it should be interesting to see. You always want to beat New York at anything, rugby, baseball, football, pickleball, you name it. Um, we want to beat them. Now, of course, we said this team can do it all. They can play running rugby and they can grind it out. Um, example for that is the L.A. game. Yep. Travel not as much of a factor compared to other weeks. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I think that um, it's going to be an – a uh, good match. I think we have to really, like I said, watch our discipline. Dan Holland's head is the points leader in MLR currently. They're, you know, mostly off the back of penalties and conversions kicked for New York. Um, so really lethal boot. You can't give him cracks at the goal. That's a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, they do have a negative 46 point differential currently. New York does. So you, their defense is vulnerable. They've given up a lot of tries. Um, so we have to ask a lot of different questions of their defense, challenge them in different ways. Um, that's kind of a strength of Ryan Martin. I feel like he's really, really good at presenting just a bunch of different attacking looks and options and threats. And you really have to be scared about the entire field all the time. Um, especially coming off set pieces like lineouts and stuff. So as long as those are, uh, performing well, I think we'll, we'll be good to challenge their defense pretty significantly. Well, you think about it, I don't think our backs need to prove much at this point in the season. We know what they can do. Boiling up, uh, excuse me, Poland to boil is one of the best combos in the league. If Dougie Fife isn't scoring, then Barlow is. Um, yep. If New Jersey wants to grind this game out, then our forwards have something to prove, in my opinion, uh, with recent results here. Uh, they need to step up. So this is my key to the game. Forwards Absolutely. need to step up and take this win from New Jersey if they're going to play this grind it out game, beat them at their own game. What's your key to the game? Yeah, uh, pretty close to that. Uh, I I zoned in on the scrum specifically. We we are losing right now season wide. We've lost over a fifth of our scrums. We only have like a seventy nine percent scrum win rate, which is not okay. Um, I know those guys are working hard. Uh, I called it out a couple weeks ago. I said that you know hopefully it's a mechanical fix. Um, there, there's gotta be something I did know last week, the ref said Eric de Jager's knee was coming down some. And when you could see on his side of the scrum, it was, it's a good tactic. I think that's probably intentional more than, um, you know, uh, being overpowered, yep. but, uh, it's not a good sign that he has to do that that much. Um, so securing the scrum, it's, it's gotta be a little bit better. Um, and if we can get that secured and add that attacking platform to launch that creative attack from, I think we're in good shape against New York. Okay, right on. So it's prediction time. Rivalry week. We got a prediction here. Would you like to go first for me? 
Uh, I can go first. I keep overshooting the mark a little bit. Um, so I'm going to tone it down from, from my, my last prediction. Uh, not too much, though. So I'm going to say uh, 28 New York. and oh, Sorry, 28 uh, New England um, and 21 New York. Are you kidding me? All right, guys, look at this. I don't know if you can. Well, it's going to be a nightmare to see it, but it is on there. <laughs> 24 New York 21 razor close game is what I wrote down here and I think it's going to be one of those nail biters all the way to the end we don't know who's going to win the game until maybe like the last 10 15, well 10 five minutes there that's where the championship time is as they say man I hope we win this game I do not want to lose to Rooney um New Jersey rather yeah pressure's on for these guys um it's going to be a really really good match to watch I've actually got a bet with uh, the big guy, Scott, um, from the Rugby Rant and the uh, Rooster Boosters podcast. So we're playing New York, or New Jersey rather, two times this year. So um, the way that it's going to work is whoever wins these games will have to have a future appearance on like the Rugby Rant or something like that, where we'll be wearing each other's jerseys, whoever's winning the games. So uh, really putting it on the line. Yeah. Man. Yeah. I, I would hate to have to wear, although I will say this. Okay. I, I like to be fair. You know, I, I don't like the team, you know, New York, uh, New England rivalry, but I will say this, their kit, not that bad. Orange and blue. Classic, classic color combo, complimentary colors goes goes great together. Um, I, I do, I do like the team. I don't hate New York, even though I'm, you know, contractually obligated as a person who lives in Massachusetts. Right. Um, I don't hate them. I I find it hard to root against any of the teams in MLR. I'm just so excited about it, which I know is like horribly boring, but it's it's how I feel. But I will say, they're. I'm so glad they got rid of the pinstripes because mm-hmm. that pinstripe jersey they had last year um was or maybe the year before they only had it for one year because it was the worst kit i think i've ever seen for a rugby team where they had the new york you know rooney or new york text as the pinstripes on the kit um so i'm very glad they moved on from that at least you won't have to wear that if you know heaven forbid the free jacks drop the series no that's not gonna happen because they're gonna win so the Scott's going to be wearing our free, our beautiful free Jacks kit. Um, Scott. And how lucky for him. I mean, yeah. great kit for classic, anyone to have. Yeah. Classic look with the collar. An honor. We'll tell him to pop the collar. Like I, I like I do as a second row and um, uh, a call back to uh, King Eric from Manchester United. I always <laughs> pop the collar when I, when I used to play. So, all right, that is going to do it. It is rivalry week Love guys. It. Let's go, Free Jacks. We do not want to lose to New Jersey. Let's beat them up. Huzzah. Huzzah. Woo! Let's ride, baby. Huzzah. Let's ride. All right. Of course, Dave and I in the Outriders segment there predicting a big win for our Free Jacks over our hated rivals, Rooney, the Dirt Peckers there in New Jersey. Tell us your prediction by commenting on any type of post that we do on social media or sending an email to jacksrangershow at gmail.com. Definitely want your input on the show. Uh, Let us know what you think about the score. Let us know what your key to the game is. Give us a shout out on social as well. We're trying to boost up our uh, social media accounts. So uh, like, share, subscribe, all of that fun stuff. 
if you're a fan of the podcast, let your rugby friends know about it. I know a lot of people that listen to this uh, show are involved in a rugby club, whether it be uh, at university or men's or women's clubs. So, hey, tell them about Jack's Rangers. If you're a Free Jacks fan, we're a fan of you and let, let the people know. We're trying to do our best over here to let people know about it. But you, fellow Ranger, are our greatest asset in doing that. So I appreciate you guys spreading the love, spreading the word of the Jack's Rangers show. Next up, we have the biggest guest in our four episodes. Now, Spider, as I was saying earlier, was absolutely huge to open the show um, in episode one. The guy is an absolute legend as a super fan for the Free Jacks. Really enjoyed talking to Spider. But this guy, man, oh man, didn't realize that we'd get him so soon. Really appreciate his generosity with his time. We've got the CEO of the Free Jacks, a USA rugby legend, guys, and Alexander Magleby. It is so huge that uh, that Mags lend us his time there for that 30 minutes or so. I had Dave jump in on the interview as well to ask some questions. Jay, Dave was fired up, baby, about this. I think when we both exited the interview, we were just like, wow, man, that that really happened. We just spoke to the CEO of the Free Jacks. So to have it happen so early on is just so awesome. We, we love the organization. Those guys have been behind us every step of the way. They've really supported us and encouraged us to pursue this. So we, we couldn't be more thrilled with uh, with Mags on the episode here. Episode four, unbelievable. So you're number one in our book, brother. We'll notice here in this episode how smart this guy is. That he didn't get into Dartmouth by accident, guys. Mags is super smart. It rings through in the episode just how intelligent he is. It's it's great to have an Alexander Magleby steering the ship for the Free Jacks. We are in very good hands. Without further ado, here is Alexander Magleby Mag Free Jacks here on the Jacks Rangers. So, so cool that we can say that. Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris. I've got Dave here with us. And boy, we've got a legend here with us today as well. We've got Mags, the CEO of the Free Jacks, Alex Magglesby. Mags, we love your social media posts. Very creative stuff on there. Plug your social media and your podcast, please, sir. Uh, so, yeah, at the Free Jacks, we uh, run a few different podcasts. You know, interesting there, we were coming, starting that whole COVID experience and wanted to make sure we were continuing to build the community and connect the community. So we did some virtual academy things we had over a thousand participants on on that side of things and we created three different podcasts for kind of three different verticals and um, mine what i was tasked with doing was making sure that we um, were connecting with the sports entertainment community and, and and the business side of things and bringing folks into the sport that way who may not have been exposed to rugby um, and so we started full contact ceo and we've had some great um absolutely great guests that come from all kinds of different sides of business, sports, entertainment. We're having a lot of these conversations anyway, so we might as well share them. And that's been the really fun part. And, uh, you know, being vulnerable was, is never easy, but, you know, as you are doing with this podcast, it's the hardest thing to do is start and then to be consistent with it. And, and, and with it's awesome. And, uh, you're experiencing it right now. And, um, you know, to go through that, it's, it's really, been a lot of fun and it continues to be a lot of fun I had some great interviews over the last couple of weeks uh folks connected to the free jacks in various ways andy palmer um kind of a vc guru played for boston played at uh, Bowdoin, and just an amazing human 
Jen Lever, the president of Baxter is fantastic. And, you know, Baxter, of course, makes our Free Jacks IPA, which is fantastic. <laughs> and yes, the Coastal Haze is an amazing new addition to the lineup. Yeah. You know, and Walter Palmer, just often he's, um, you know, he, he was part of the NBA Players Association. Before that, he started a bunch of the Players Associations in Europe. Um, and he, he played basketball at Dartmouth and then for the Jazz and the Mavericks. And he's just a, also a fantastic human connected to Boston. That's where he grew up. And um, so they've been some great ones. I enjoyed the uh, conversation you had with the commissioner, uh, George Killebrew, and also the one with Jim, the president of this fine uh, beer company right here. Nice. Let's crack that bad boy open if you haven't already done it. Yeah. Great. All right. I love a podcast like this. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's probably That's funny. I just went for a run and like a half lift. I'm like, okay, I feel great. I'm fit now. Okay. Never in despair. That's right. <laughs> the, the math oh. is never quite right, but. <laughs> but it tastes so much better. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Where are you from? Originally, Salt Lake City, Utah. I grew up um, in Salt Lake. My family's been there since 1850. And. That's where the Maddies are all from. And uh, my fifth grade grandfather, um, you know, he came from Denmark and area he was from was, was Maggleby. And so when he came over, he was a Hans Olsen. There were so many Olsons who were selling Utah at the time. He changed his last name to Maggleby. So we're all kind of related to Hans's progeny. And everybody's kind of gone in their different ways, but originally from Utah. And then in high school, I tried to get as far away as I possibly could after high school and had this romantic idea of coming back East for school. Had played, you know, of course, rugby in high school. Uh, so I was pretty lucky um, being able to come to a place like Dartmouth, who has a great program. But having had that experience with a top uh, high school program before that, just so cool to see now that those opportunities are a lot more. Um, we need to accelerate that, but that's uh, for, for boys and girls. Uh, but those opportunities were, were quite rare, you know, 30 years ago. So, Yeah, so you still live in New Hampshire, right? Yeah, we're still here. Hey, right. I've been here since the mid '90s, and you know, spattering of opportunities elsewhere. But we always come back. Yeah, this is our home for sure. We're we're definitely New Englanders, and um, my wife and I met at, at school here, and uh, she she had gone to school in New Hampshire in high school, and um, yeah, we're, we're she spent her, spent most of her childhood in New Hampshire as well. So uh, we're New Englanders, and we're we're really excited to continue to raise our kids here. Very nice. All right. What's your origin story? Can you tell us about rugby specifically? How did you find it? You know, did you, you wanted to join the, team, the high school team? Take it from there. Yeah. So uh, Highland, uh, this is back when USA Rugby had a national championship and it was a you know club national championship effectively. High school rugby was actually pretty big in the Salt Lake Valley. Um, there were, you know, five or six pretty, pretty good teams just kind of that we could play against on a regular basis. And we had a legendary coach in Larry Gellwick who had really built the Highland program primarily from students from Highland, but we got players from a few different other high schools. And a lot of the guys we had actually played, you know, football against in the fall. Everybody either wrestled basketball, skied in the winter. And then in the spring for us, a lot of us played rugby. You know, we had 100 guys on the football team, 100 guys on the rugby team. And we were able to, you know, play in national championships and travel the world because of rugby. So again, just very rare opportunity that not a lot of other people had. But it was, a, it was a performance program, you know, it, just like we did in high school football. It was five days a week. It was film study. We did scouting of the opposition. We were running two miles a day outside of practice in our own fitness re, uh, regime. Um, it was, yeah, it was, it, was, it was intense in a very positive way. Very cool. You've been so successful as a coach at Dartmouth and, of course, with the USA Eagles. Was there any desire whatsoever of coaching this team? 
Uh, no, actually, you know, I've, I, uh, I've loved coaching. I still love coaching, uh, but the really opportunity why I'd left kind of coaching the national team, because there were some opportunities to affect change in other ways. And not to say that I'd been there, done that, but I was looking for that next challenge. And that's, you know, I had the opportunities to be involved as the GM for USA rugby. That was still very rugby focused, you know, player personnel and pathways and, and those kind of systems and budgets around that um, and fundraising around that. But what I really wanted to do is be able to connect the two sides, the two cultures, the sports side, the, the rugby side and the business side. Um, that's an experience I hadn't really had uh, or been a part of where those two things are unified and kind of the brand is part of all of it. And um, that was really exciting because I think what we're trying to do and, and, you know, we know it's a, it's a, it's a long process is really use rugby as a tool to help build better communities and better people. And um, the business has to be successful for that to happen. So we're, um, you know, working pretty hard to try to make that happen, but to connect the two and kind of have a connection between the two. So they're not two distinct cultures was really, really important a challenge for me, an exciting challenge for me. Gotcha. All right. I got one more for you before Dave takes over with some questions here. What's a day in the life of Mags, the CEO look like? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's a, can I have a sip of beer first? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it, they're all different. Um, you try to keep a fairly clear schedule of things. You just got to knock out throughout a, any given week. Like anybody in, 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 a, in a position of management or anything else is, you know, every Monday morning, our, our merch numbers are reported, ticketing numbers are reported, food and bev numbers are reported, all those things, social media. So I have a dashboard that brings all that in. So I built a, a dashboard that brings all that in so I can see where we are. Are we green? Why are we green? Uh, are we red? Why are we red? So just, you know, everybody kind of in charge of a different department is, is, is doing those reports. Um, there's about eight KPIs we look at over a year as a company. Um, rugby is only one one of those, not to, to diminish that. Rugby is actually the engine. It's the most important part in a lot of ways to drive this thing forward. But for us to be successful, we, you know, we have to make sure we're increasing the audience size. We have to make sure that we're generating revenue through the various stools of, of revenue generation, um, you know, ticket sales, sponsorship, you know, other event specific stuff, merchandise, all those things that play a part of it, but then also then help develop more audience, um, you know, the media and the marketing. And then like we alluded to earlier, the, the community piece is really important to us. And so how do we build out academy that is both participatory and then also has a focus on, on performance? And how do we then start developing our foundation to make sure we're in a position to affect other things? We just um, uh, signed an agreement with 1% for the planet that we're really excited about. And that can not only help in terms of we get to choose various um, environmentally conscious groups to help support, uh, whether that's providing high quality food in you know, urban settings or making sure we're you know, helping to support through awareness, cleaner oceans, whatever the case may be. Um, uh, doing those kind of things are really, really important to the organization and bringing awareness, but also then driving our behaviors. Okay, at our stadiums, how do we reduce waste and all those pieces to it um, is another big piece component. And then it's the rugby, okay? And then the rugby piece is, could we be competitive? Um, and I would say that we're certainly competitive and that's what we're trying to do and represent um, our fans and our, and our community uh, to make them really proud. And that's performance on the field and, and behaviors off of it as well. Very nice. Dave, you're up. Awesome. Thank you. Um, really great to hear. Uh, the first question I'll give you, you may not have an immediate answer, but you can, you can ruminate a little bit. Um, if one doesn't come to mind, cause I don't want to put you on the spot, but it's, if you could poach one American 
born player and one international player from any team in MLR, you know, all, all other considerations aside, you know, who would you pick? Who's somebody who kind of has caught your eye this season? Yeah, I think there's a handful of players that are that are fantastic and for various reasons, and you would pick them for various reasons. And, you know, there's a long litany of those type of players. You know, you just start oh, San Diego with Nate. He's, he's injured now, Nate Augsburger, but he's a heck of a leader, yep. drives things. Um, and you just keep going through Mikey Teo uh, at Utah and just the way Mikey not only plays, but his behaviors as well. He's also a tremendous leader through through a lot of his actions on the field. And you can go through each team and find a couple, a handful of players like that. You know, Nate Brakley, obviously, um, at, at uh, New York, and Nate and I go way back, and just a fantastic human and um, really smart player, but hardworking, all those kind of pieces that would that you would want. You know, you saw Bryce play this weekend for Austin, and his ability to to win the contact point is, is something that's pretty special. And so you could pretty you could create a compelling group that you certainly would want for sure. Awesome. Um, you talked a little bit about coaching um, before. I'm familiar too with the feeling of being kind of glad to have left it behind. <laughs> it's a lot of work and it's a really unique role. Um, when I started, uh, there was a lot for me to learn as a coach. I'm sure the situation was was similar for you. But was there an area that you felt really comfortable? coaching to a high level initially like what was your wheelhouse as a coach yeah i was really lucky because i came back to the institution that i'd gone to college at and i was playing six months of the year basically for the u.s 15s and sevens and then the other six months of the year i was coaching and at the time so this is the early 2000s i'm kind of getting the best case practices that we can create at the u.s level and being able to quickly digest those and then share them with our team. And there was a massive transformation happening in rugby in this country at the time, the collegiate game was starting to professionalize. You know, we all started as kind of volunteers and that really, you know, you picked up, picked up the pace as um, the game really became professionalized. What I mean by that staffing became professionalized and athletic trainers. And so I was very early on in that process. And so Dartmouth for a lot of ways was a laboratory for me where parents didn't know the sport that well. So I wasn't getting phone calls. Why aren't you doing this? You know, and we had a very supportive board and, um, you know, willing to kind of help me grow as a, as a coach, um, and, and nurture me through. And, and my previous coach there, Wayne Young and a few others were really fantastic mentors. And so I had that opportunity that a lot of coaches don't necessarily get, and they don't necessarily get today if they're kind of immediately in a, a performance coaching position. Cause it's like, you got to win or whatever the KPIs are for that team. Yeah. Um, now you don't have that, much chance to experiment where I really had this laboratory at Dartmouth and I, and I continue to stay connected to the program as a, as an advisor is that was fantastic. So I could, I could, you know, challenge my own assumptions and all of those pieces at the same time, I had really gotten into video analysis. So this early two thousands kind of pre money ball days and actually started a company around it. And we, um, you know, we were really selling to ice hockey, soccer, field hockey, lacrosse, basketball were kind of our main clients for their flow sports, but, you know, I use it for rugby. And that to me was the greatest coaching tool because you didn't get quality control. There wasn't five other coaches to help kind of noodle on ideas. So you really had to do the quality control yourself and assess what was happening. But by do, going through that process, you know, long weekends of 36 plus hours of being in front of a computer and figuring out what stats actually told the right picture and why, why are we having, you know, line out success? If, if that's purely based on line outs one, what's the reason for that? What's reasons for that? What's the reason for that? And kind of 
asking the five whys of Kaizen and I was having those experiences. So I wouldn't ever say to going back to your original question about one area, um, I quickly had to learn the whole thing, but I had the luxury of being able to learn the whole thing. And what I mean by that is coach all positions. Um, and you know, you'd reference total rugby, uh, on one of the podcasts before. And yeah, and that's kind of always been the style of, um, of Dartmouth. You may be bigger than us, but you may, you, you may be faster than us, whatever it is. What's the saying? You may be bigger than us, but at least we're slower than you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah. So, but it was always like, you know, try to move the ball and kind of running uh, type of rugby. And, um, so I was in that position. So I could, I could do that. I could experiment. And that was pretty cool. Very cool. How about you? How about you? Oh, uh, I, I, I somewhat similarly, but at a a different scale, um, moved within my own club. Right. So I played, so I also knew kind of the structures and I had a lot of backing from the powers that be the board. Um, and the letter I wrote where I said, you know, I'll be an interim coach for one half season because we don't have one and the season starts in two weeks and I have my certification, you know, um, I said, that our rucking was really bad <laughs> and i knew that if you know if there was one thing i could do i could i could make sure that we actually got to keep the ball when we were on attack and that that was going to be my goal so that's what i went went in uh focusing on and um focused on it i had you know i'm a i'm a i was never a very active referee but i am a, a dork so <laughs> i really liked the laws i really wanted to know awesome. what can you do and what can't you do you know and so i focused on the laws at the breakdown and just making sure that every player understood when they had a right to steal the ball and what they had to do to stop the other team from, you know, having that right. And the interpretation of the laws of the time, right? Is yeah. It, yeah. It was, yeah, yeah. it was right as they had changed a lot of those breakdown laws actually. So um, it really actually gave me a good platform because the players were naturally curious to learn. They knew there'd been big changes, you know, so they wanted to know what, what was different and what wasn't the biggest being that the tackler was not, automatically on side anymore right so it used to right. be you could just stand up and steal the ball if you tackled the guy it didn't matter where you were that's your ball unless somebody comes and rucks you out how enjoyable um, is coaching it's fantastic to just yeah. be part of that learning process with others i think that's probably a human nature as we see with parenting and everything else but to be able to be a part of somebody else's learning experience and your learning is as they're learning um that's it's a very cool process to be a part of so i do yeah, miss yeah. that kind of day-to-day and those relationships for sure yeah, it could be very humbling too. I very quickly oh, learned to listen to my players and to just stop doing things that weren't working. Like, we'll try that again in a week. We're going to yeah. move on to the next thing. I <laughs> well, got some so, changes yeah, to yeah. make. No, but it's a brilliant idea. It's a brilliant idea, but it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> trust me. Trust yes, me. Trust me. Just do it. Um, uh, staying on coaching a little bit, uh, I have absolutely loved watching the team that Ryan Martin is putting on the field. Uh, and I was curious what the process for finding him was like and specifically how big was the candidate pool and how quickly did the organization hone in on him as the kind of solution yeah so to your first point yeah it's a really fun team to watch um you know ryan and tom and and james and everybody else on the coaching staff along with those players and a lot of the returning players from last year um, josh bodine they've really driven a, a culture of uh of hard work um and adaptability and i think you see that in, in how they play um, pretty gritty, which is which is awesome. Uh, we went through this process, yeah, last last spring summer. That was primarily driven by Tom. Tom Kindly is our performance manager, and you know, is one who's been with us now for a couple of years and been developing in various aspects of his skill set, um, analytics, but has an S and C background, and 
um, this is really was really Tom's big first project to own. Um, and he did a bang up job. It was highly professional and we had candidates from all over the world, very high qualified candidates who were interested in this position, whether that was through their own application or through their agents and um, you know, pretty rigorous process where they were having to submit their coaching philosophy, demonstrations of their pedagogical skill, all those things. And we had multiple rounds where we finally got to the point where Ryan really was the, the, the exact right fit we were looking for. You know, he was a teacher by uh, training and by experience, 17 years teaching. He had also coached at all different levels. Um, and as what we're trying to build here is, yes, your senior head coach uh, really needs to be focused on the performance of the senior you know, team. But at the same time, there are a lot of opportunities to affect other coaches at various levels, as well as other players at various levels which was really important part to the ecosystem that we want to grow. And that was what we wanted. Uh, we also wanted somebody who was a very good teacher of those performance players at the highest level. And, you know, Ryan's, you know, has a very good demonstration of, of that through, through time past. And that really came through, through the, the many interviews and everything else. And, you know, very happy and proud of how that process went and how, how well Tom did leading that. And, um, you know, we're really excited and happy that Ryan's here and we just want to keep building. Excellent. Yeah, he really um, every every time I've seen him, whether it's, you know, in the interviews with Dallin or um, some of the uh, coaching aids that you guys have put out to the community, um, he really always strikes me as someone all coaches have opinion, but I think he has answers. You know, he, he speaks with a credibility um, that you can just tell fr from his bearing and, and that 17 years teaching maybe as part of the, the yeah, and there's some confidence there. Cause he's, he's gone through that probably same iteration and question and asked that same question from various ways, 10 different times. So fairly confident in understanding how the answer came about in the first place, which is really important. Awesome. Um, you talked about culture a little bit. Uh, and I think the character of the team is something that you, the whole organization can be tremendously proud of the way that they have fought back over and over this season. Um, I mean, you could point to any number of examples, poaching the ball on the five meter line when you're down two guys, you know, uh, down in, I think that was Houston. Um, I mean, uh, you said grit. Absolutely. Who are some of the drivers of that character? Obviously your captains. Um, but who's somebody who we, you know, the fans might be sleeping on cause we're not in the locker room. Who's really pushing that humility. Yeah, you know, I think there's a, there's a really good group of, of kind of, there's a lot of leaders on, on this team. I think that's how Ryan and Tom really recruited. Um, and then, you know, they would kind of pass them through me at the end of the day, but they were, they were the ones driving that. And that's the team that they really wanted to drive towards, which are, you know, our company goals overall is, you know, we got to make sure we're humble. we got to make sure we're hungry and we want to make sure that we enjoy this, that we have a bit of fun. And the really important thing then in, in as we're recruiting anybody, whether it's on the, in the front office side or on the rugby side, staff or players is that, you know, that humble, are they going to be willing to put the community first through their behaviors, right? It doesn't mean that they're not really important and everything else, but they can, can they make sure and have an awareness of what is around them and really drive that the community and the team kind of come first. And, you know, and kind of in that order community team and then kind of ourselves. And then that hungry part is really important because that's not only that work rate you see, but it's also, execution at the end of the day you got to find a way to get it done and you got to adapt in order to get it done and you know you can't just confuse effort with accomplishment right at the end of the day you got to be hungry enough to find a different way if it's not working and that's that was an important part of the recruiting process 
and then also to be able to have a laugh and understand time and place. And that's really important too, that this is sport and we need to enjoy it. And, and more importantly, it's rugby and rugby is fun. And that's why I've been involved with rugby, you know, three plus decades is because it's just fun, right? It's just a fun game. It's fun to play. It's fun to coach. It's fun to ref. It's fun to watch. It's, it's just fun to be around. Um, and that's, that's the really cool thing. So we want to make sure that that happened. And so, you know, I think there's a, there's a handful of players that were here last year that are helping to drive that. You know, obviously look no further than Josh, who's really stepped up as a, as a captain, um, you know, Bodine and, and there's others in that group, but then you just watch how some of the players play on the field and how gritty they are. You know, you got to look at the, the loose forwards. That group is, if you, if someone had picked at the beginning of the year, kind of who are going to be the loose forwards of the MLR, you probably wouldn't have said on paper, you're going to pick those three because a lot of it was unknown, you know, with JJ and, and then, and then beyond, you know, and they're playing at a, a, an absurd level, all three of them for various reasons. You know, Justin straight out of college and he's you know, cemented himself as this high quality starter and gain line and, and everything else and options uh, throughout the field. Joe, of course, just devastating over the ball. Fantastically. So yeah. And everywhere, classic open side, uh, not afraid to, to put his to head in places. And he's, he's just done doing fantastic. And Vion is, you know, at, at that kind of super rugby level play, he's um, you know, that, that try he scored off the back of the scrum was a, a thing of brilliance. Um, yeah, you know, you're seeing a lot of that. Yeah. He's so a that, force. I was exactly. just going to say he's, he is a guy who can combine with anyone on the pitch and pick, really get things done. Yeah, But then you go kind of throughout the team and you're like, okay, well, everybody's, you know, Dougie's for his tries, but you look how Dougie plays and how much he's hustling on defense and making his tackles. And that's like, that's the stuff that's awesome. You know, Harry, how hard is it to tackle Harry? Cause he's continuing to drive. He's finding a way to get that game line. It's like, it's, that's what we need, you know? And that's, yeah, that's a new England team, right? If you were to be like, okay, pick a perfect new England team, what kind of behaviors they would they have? They would have that. And then there's probably some pieces there that we still need to add and improve on and execute on. And you'd say a new England team, you know, historically is also going to have a pretty dominant set piece. Okay. Well, we're working towards that. And I think if you looked at our scrums in general, they have been dominant based on just, but we didn't haven't managed the pictures that the referee was seeing as well as we, as we should have. Yeah, I agreed. But you know, you had, there's some, some high quality scrummagers there and line has been a bit off at times um, for probably where we want it. And, and where a team in New England probably would be like, oh, yeah, we're going to have a lot of pride in that. But you look at the mall, mall defense has been pretty stellar, you know, and that certainly the tech mall has been um, fantastic. So you'd pick those things for sure about a team that would represent New England. They'd have those behaviors. So I think in that regard, they're moving in the right direction. Yeah. Sure. And and smart. I, I would call the team very smart, very, yeah. very New England in that regard. Got yeah. some, some, you know, MIT level thinking around the line out uh, yeah. going up against. Uh, we got Boston it. Yeah. This yeah, weekend, exactly. you know, got the right call there. Everybody, everybody did exactly what they needed to do to get the yeah. obstruction call and the unopposed line out. It was really, really great. Yeah. And you just pick your poison on the team. I mean, Peter at the hooker, I mean, yeah, again, another potentially world-class type of player and he's a massive leader and teaching the younger guys how to be a professional and, um, you know, you see how he plays. So they, they, you just keep going. Seth, and there's a long list of, of guys. You, then you take the younger guys like Jackson, younger American guys, Thebus, and he's playing lights out. You know, Jackson's always had that work ethic, and he's always been a student of the game, so it's always like Jackson's going to get there. And I think the world is now starting to see what we knew and, and, and where Jackson's going, and massive hat tip to him because the work he's been doing is um, is fantastic. Yeah, he's very consistent in and out. You could tell that it's just part of who he is. 
Excellent. Well, that was my last uh, serious question. I think we have a few uh, <laughs> gassers lined up. Yeah, just, just to save time, I don't want to you know spend too much of your time, Mags. There, uh, we're going to skip over to one word association. Okay. So, what do you think about Dallin? The best. All right. Would Hilarious. <laughs> Who did you say? Woodie. Woodie, big and blue and mischievous. I can only give one answer. Is that one word? Yeah, one word. I always cheat. Anytime yeah, we yeah, pick sorry. one thing, I pick two to three. So you're good. Mischievous. There you go. Waka. Uh, electric. Rooney. Um, <laughs> Steelers <laughs> owner. There's so many other things I want to say besides New York. Guiltinis. Uh, <laughs> what is that? What 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 is that? LA Guiltinis. Yeah. No, no, yeah, that's my answer. What is that? <laughs> Remains to be seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dave, I think you got a couple wrong answers only. Awesome. Yeah, I want to do. I want to do something uh, a little silly. Wrong answers only. Okay. Um, if Eric De Jager and Ronan McCusker hit each other as hard as they could, how far away would you need to be to be safe? Do you think? Yeah, like Jupiter style. Yeah. That's yeah. Definitely in orbit, at least. Yeah. Yeah, as my five-year-old's telling me, no, Pluto's a dwarf planet, Dad. It's not a real planet anymore. Right. <laughs> yeah. Update your acronyms. Exactly. There's no exactly. P at the end. Yeah. So I'm like, darn it. Love it. Awesome. Well, that's that's it for me, Max. Oh, that was great. I thought yeah. I was gonna get like peppered with these. No, I, yeah, yeah. To, I was like, come on, keep, keep going, keep, keep going. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> All right, that's gonna wrap her up, guys. I that's amazing. Phil, thank you. Dave, thank you. Uh, thank you. Phil, I think you were like one of our first fans. Like, I think oh, you were like. I was like, so early on, man. I, I think you're like top five, top 10 in the first ticket purchasing for. Number yeah. four. Look at it's that. It's awesome. And then um, also on the merch side, I think you were one of the first to, to get merch. I think that back then, like the first hundred people I was able to, I had a chance to like write a letter to just say thanks. Cause I was like, awesome. You believe in this, which is, which is great. And so I was so psyched when I saw that you are starting to do the pod. It's really cool. It's really, really cool. David, how did um, Free Jacks Hogo this weekend? Did we get it in a few times? I didn't I didn't get it in this time. I keep trying to uh, find a good spot, but I did get the huzzahs going. Um, got a bunch of got a bunch of signatures as well. But we had uh, we had a critical scrum there in the second half, and I did I managed to stand up and say, let's get some huzzahs going for the pack. So we're that's the that's the building I love block it. I heard some huzzahs. Week. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll we'll get the free jacks hope. What do you think about the national anthem? How do we do this? Because I'm getting I'm hearing all sides of it. Some folks are like, no, 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 this should be entirely sung um by everybody in the crowd. Okay, awesome. Love that. Should we have background music to it or no? I think that was like we were, you know, half pregnant in that situation on the weekend. Yeah. Um, I'd say I think with a crowd that big. Um, the problem becomes keeping everybody in the same time, like in rhythm. Yeah. Um, so until so we, we have a video board, we can't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, well, background music will do it, I think. Right. Because if you, you know, get get the background going, people know how to sing along to the accompaniment. Yeah. So maybe background music without lyrics and get it started and let the crowd take it away. Okay. Uh, that'd be my maybe that's my bet. Me too. Okay. Cool. 
Uh, someone else said that the uh, music was too loud. Was that acute? Was that localized or was that um, around think, the whole environment? Uh, I only was in the uh, main stands. I didn't get up into the, uh, the militia area. Um, but for most of that, I'd say it's true. The volume is pretty high. Okay. Um, and it could probably come down a little bit. I agree. Yep. Makes it a little, it's just a little bit too loud to talk. Okay. So you end up yelling. And the whole um, point is to connect. That's yeah. And the, well, and the other thing is like cheering on, you know, I'm, I'm yelling people's names, right? The guys are lining up for kickoffs and I'm telling them good job from the stands. Um, but it's, it's hard to make yourself known in that way too, a little bit where like you want to, you want to support the team, um, you know, vocally, but you feel a little bit drowned out by okay. the music. Yeah. Okay. That's really helpful. Yeah, but it's been great. The live band was awesome. I really enjoyed that. Boxy's fantastic. Uh, yeah, I took took some pictures and sent them on to the family, bringing the family to the next game. And I, oh, nice. I can't I can't wait. All right, gents. Thank you. Yeah. Thank Let's you again, connect. Max. This, this been is great. awesome. This is great. We'll have you that I'm gonna go finish this uh Prejax IPA. Let's right. do it. Huzzah. <laughs> wow. Cheers. Wow. Huzzah. Cheers. Wow. How about that? That was so awesome, guys. Tell us what you think about the Mags interview. Send us an email at jacksrangershow at gmail.com is the place to find us and leave us your questions, comments, input on the show, what needs to be taken out, what needs to be added in the Jacks Ranger Show. Send us that email. Send us a message on Facebook. DM us on Twitter and Instagram. Let us know what you think of the show. Always open to feedback, of course. We appreciate it. All right. Uh, we're going to jump right into the next Next little interview that we have here with our buddy, uh, Scott Ferrara. He is known as the big guy, Scott. He has a, a great following with the Rugby Rant podcast. And at this point, he's got the Roosters Boosters podcast as well. He's uh, one of the big super fans of Rooney. So we uh, we appreciate the banter and the rivalry, of course, with this uh, this the Dirt Peckers, as I like to call them, the New Jersey Dirt Peckers. So we're going to jump right into this uh, with our interview with Scott. We're going to learn, learn a little bit more about Rooney, the next opponent for the Free Jacks, in our Rivalry Week podcast number four here. So let's get the ball rolling. If you guys heard the bell earlier, that is my cat Morty who has jumped up into my lap. Morty is the unofficial uh, mascot of the Jacks Rangers show. She is a rescued black cat. So she is lucky in our eyes over here and uh, she's purring in my lap. So uh, we're going to jump right into the uh, the interview here with Scott, the big guy Ferrara. Here we go. Rooney sucks. Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Rangers show. I've got my buddy Scott, the big guy, Ferrara, the new New York Rooney super fan. Uh, <laughs> Scott, we've got a beer here. Um, yes. Let's, let's crack this bad boy open. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So glad to have you on here. You've been a big supporter of ours from the very beginning very helpful with advice plug your podcast and your social media my friend sure so first i'll talk about the rugby rant podcast show uh you guys can check that out every monday night live on our facebook we do an interview generally with a player administrator or coach within the mlr right now because we're in the season um and then you can check out our rants which drop thursday nights on our facebook or friday on the rugby network we just got on the rugby network 
Again, that's the Rugby Rant podcast show at Rugby Rant on all social media. And then I don't know if you guys will want to watch, but I also do the Rooney uh, show. It's called Rooster Booster Time. We do a show every Tuesday night, which would have been last night. Uh, we talk about the previous match. We interview a player this week. It was Ben Benasso. Then we uh, preview the upcoming match. And then we also do a pre-match show. So guys, next week, come up, uh, check out our Facebook page at Rooney fans. Um, and you can see at the pregame show, we're going to do live from, from Cochrane field about the free jacks and, and Rooney. That's awesome, man. I know that we've got some, um, free jacks fans, some Rangers, uh, going to be, uh, coming down there to visit with you guys. <laughs> oh, real, real quick. And I want to mention it's going to be hot. They, the concessions will not be open. So my suggestion is for those of you who have not been to Cochrane stadium, bring a lot of drinks, bring a lot of food. Alcohol is prohibited. It's a city field. Uh-huh. Um, also, it's it's by Liberty State Park. So there's not a lot of like gas stations and things like that. I expect on a Sunday, New Jersey traffic to be crazy. So I would suggest before you get to the field, maybe gas up and have a full tank. So that way, if you're leaving, you know, I don't know how long of a ride you guys might be going into Western Mass or, you know, closer to Boston or whatever, wherever you live. So that's just just my advice to you guys. I am not sure about tailgating. Um, by the time this show airs, I should have an answer, and I will share that with Phil so that way he can let you guys know. We appreciate that, my friend. Um, that's great advice. That's uh, really good information, insider information there from Scott. So uh, where are you from, my friend? So I'm originally from New Rochelle, New York. So New Rochelle is about, you know, 30 minutes if, if you drove with no traffic to Times Square, uh, right above, right above the Bronx, uh, you know, people are like, Oh, that's upstate. I'm like, the Bronx is right there. You know, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a 30 minute train ride into grand central from Nourishell. I currently live in Carmel, which is about an hour North of that. Okay. Um, still in, still in New York, uh, New York born and bred. And, you know, as of right now, we're playing to stay here. Very cool. Um, what is your origin story with rugby? How did you find rugby? So I, I think like a lot of Americans, they either found it through their family or they found it through a friend or, or somebody. So um, I was a freshman in 2001 high school. I was a freshman in high school. Um, spring semester, um, we had a, a, an English teacher. He wore an all black jersey to class. I think that's how a lot of Americans uh, get into it, right? Is yeah. is is the tri- especially back then it was tri nation, right? So yep. I'm like, what are the all blacks? What the hell is this? You know, and, and yep. he's explaining this the game to me and this that and the other thing telling me where I could, could watch it. And back then, Oh man, you would have to watch, like you would order a match. Let's say you could pick up one of the tri nations match online on say tantasports.com for like 80 bucks. So, you know, that was one of those, like, I'd have to tell my parents like three weeks in advance, Hey, I'm going to spend 80 bucks on the credit card. Yeah. So don't be, yeah, nobody stole it. It's going to look weird. Say tantasports.com. What the hell is that? <laughs> to watch one match of a tri nations match or one match of a world cup match. And, you know, depending on, I think say Tonto only gave you a 24 hour replay. So sometimes you'd be up watching like, you know, Georgia versus Namibia because that was the one match you could watch and still make, you know, classes on time. But that, that's how I kind of got interested in rugby. Um, as far as playing, I think again, like most American kids um, went to college, you know, we're, we're not considered a division one uh, NCAA sport. So for me, it was, I was at UMass Dartmouth uh, for you, you Jacks Rangers who might know over there in uh, North Dartmouth, Massachusetts, right by New Bedford off of 195. Um, we were division four nerfew at the time, um, you know, and just like every other rugby club, I know anybody can play, just show up and play. So I started and, and played four years there. Very cool. Um, I, we actually, my fraternity has a charge there. We don't call them chapters. It's charges state of Delta Chi there at UMass. Yep. Yep. Um, let's see here. Uh, where does your passion for Rooney come from? 
Well, obviously, you know, you you almost like soccer fans, you know, here in the United States, you 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 had to pick international teams before the MLS got broadcast the way it did, right? And before the teams, you know, like New York was lucky enough in soccer to have, you know, the Metro Stars in the 70s and 80s. And then, you know, coming they came back in the 90s and then turned to the Red Bulls. Now they have two, you know, so the same thing with with you know, um, rugby, you had to pick international teams. So obviously, you know, I had a team for super rugby. I had a team for this, I had a team for that. And having those passions in rugby, just obviously, as soon as I said, there was going to be a team in New York, I was going to, if I was here, I was going to stick with it. Um, and it it just grew. I mean, besides outside of rugby, you know, I'm a green Bay Packers uh, shareholder. So I'm an owner. Um, you know, I'm a diehard Rangers fan. Diehard University of Michigan fan. I could watch University of Michigan play. I, I watch women's gymnastics. I watch men's uh, water polo if it's if if it's on Big Ten. You know, I mean, I just you know, I'm a diehard New York Mets fan. Uh, you know, it's it's I'm just a sports fan. It's funny. My dad played college hockey and taught me how to play hockey, but my mom taught me how to hockey fight. So I think I get that from her. Yeah, I get that mania from her. You know, wow. and, yeah, and going from the pro rugby, you know, I watch I watch pro rugby and the east, the, as far east as they went, as everybody may or may not know, I don't know how new your fans are, yeah. was Ohio. Right. And being a Michigan fan, I hate everything about Ohio. As a matter right. of fact, I still tell Dylan Fawcett, I still tell Dylan Fawcett, who was an Ohio aviator, I was like, I love you and we're friends and everything, but I hate that you play for the aviators. <laughs> so. I had my passion for rugby and a pro team. I picked Sacramento uh, Express, and I've been lucky enough to – Kyle Sumption was on that team. Harry Bennett was on that team. Um, John Quinn was on that team. And those guys played for Rooney, and it was funny enough that they come play for Rooney. I start this whole thing, and, and I get yeah. to meet those guys that I was, I was fanboying out with, you know, two or three years ago. Or oh. now, it's, I, now it's five years ago. Holy crap. One of the previous interviews that we had on the show, uh, Ross, who's a relatively new um, watcher of rugby, he started with pretty much pro rugby. And he was like, gotcha. guys, don't ever complain about the rugby network because we were watching games on Facebook Live back then. Yikes. Well, well, yeah. I'm, well, on MLR in 2019, the AGs were on Facebook Live. Uh, rugby ATL uh, in 2020 was on Facebook Live. Um, there's a lot of Facebook Live viewing and international viewers before there was TRN international viewers would get it on YouTube and Facebook live for free right. um, before the, did the TRN thing. So you might be new to MLR, but us old, old stalwart, old MLR stalwarts were hitting that also. So, you know, gotcha. it's, it's, yeah, I can't complain about any of the broadcasts to be right. honest. Um, what is uh, Rooney's team identity? And I'm not talking about the branding cause that has yeah. changed a couple of times and probably should change again. Just, you know, a little bit of banner there, but uh, what's the team identity? So every year they go through and they pick a new thing right so the first year um it, it was it was kind of a twofold for the team identity it was unite the empire and, then, and the actual team the word was concrete everything they wanted to do was was like concrete you know they wanted to have a concrete understanding of how they were playing they want to play as hard as concrete on defense you know they wanted to have hits that when you hit somebody it felt like concrete so that was the concrete portion the unite the empire portion is you know i think rugby everywhere is very tribal and there's a lot of like I guess the word now is gatekeeping going on in the rugby community, especially back then. 
And, uh, you know, Rooney was, was rugby united. New York was uniting the empire of empire state. You know, the, the big five teams to come together to say, Hey, we want you to be feeder teams. We want you to be involved. You know, right. at the time, the, the first season, you know, they had Tolkien as a coach and Keith Lensing and Mike Tolkien as a coach who was, who was coaching Nyack, the, you know, one of the, the one of the two biggest clubs and Keith Lensing, who was at, you know, before then the old blue coach, which is the second of the, the second biggest clubs right. co-coaching, you know, and a lot of those Nyack and old blue guys were on the team and some village lions were on the team and some New York rugby club guys were on the team and some white plans, rugby players were on the team. And that was kind of the, the unite the empire. Gotcha. Um, last year in, in that season was the empire strikes back was, was kind of the thing um, being that, you know, we lost it to death in the semifinals. We wanted to come back and take that shield. And obviously it didn't get to happen in 2020 this year. Um, it's, it's, their identity is like the steel workers. So where they practice in Jersey city, you can see the skyline and they want to have that workers, you know, bring the lunchbox mentality. So the hashtag I use is Rooney local 23. So it's supposed to be like a, a union, you know, Rooney, the local 23, 23 guys on match day. And that's the kind of thing that they're putting in is that like iron worker blue collar thing this year. That's cool. Very nice. Um, what does Rooney do well as a team and what do they need to improve on? Well, right now I think, they need to improve on their lineouts. And it was funny. We were just talking about that this week on rooster booster time. It's like a throw could be bad on the first one. Okay. It happens. There's a gust of wind or whatever. Then the second one is the lifters messed up. Okay. That happens. Um, and then the third one is it was a blown play. Okay. That, but add those together. You had three bad lineouts and lost possession three times, you know? So that I think is a big misstep that they have right now that they need to settle considering, you know, Dylan Fawcett led the league in, well, I think it was second in tries in 2019 off of rolling malls scoring, you know? And I mean, that was something that he was known for. So yeah, we have to get back to that. What I think they've been doing uh, well this year is uh, what I call one and done tackling. So the first guy is making contact and bringing down the ball carrier while the second guy can jackal or set up the defense, depending on what they're trying to do. Okay. All right. Very nice. Uh, what player should the Free, Free Jacks fans be aware of on Rooney if they're not really familiar with your team? Uh, that's a that's a loaded question um, <laughs> because Rooney is one of the teams that has like you know some heavy name internationals, and so are the Free Jacks. It's one of those things where you know there's so many of these internationals coming in you know on the twilight of their career to to throw some years in the MLR, and it's pretty well dispersed. Um, so. I, Outside of that, let me talk. I'll talk about Ben Foden. Obviously, if, if you're new to rugby, you know, Ben Foden, uh, uh, you know, um, Saints uh, uh, out in the premiership played, you know, he was number was number nine on England, then moved to fullback on, on the Roses. Um, Andy Ellis, all black winner. Uh, world, uh, all black uh, World Cup winner 2011 with guys like Um, so you know, those are two big name guys in international rugby. Um, for this, so I'm just gonna break it down even further. There's Rooney has big name guys from the USA Eagles currently. I mean, Nate Brakely and Nick Savetter are pretty much the starting locks for USA Eagles. Kyle Sumption, a former USA Eagle, Hanko is the starting flanker for the USA Eagles. Um, look at Ben Bonasso and Charlie Hewitt probably getting call ups from the USA Eagles. Chris Martina was a Falcon, uh, an Eagle Sevens player. Um, it, I'm probably I'm probably Luke Hume was a, it was a USA Eagle, so it, it depends on your level. But a guy I think that is that you should watch out for, uh, Will Leonard, dude's built like a beer keg, play center uh, from Limerick, Ireland. Um, he has been the best tackler on Rooney, I would say. Uh, he was on the team in 2019, all three years. 
Um, the dude runs hard. He, he does have a step that he, he's one of those guys. He can run fast and knock you over, or he can hit you with a step that you weren't prepared for, but it's defense. He prides himself on just snot bubble hitting defense. <laughs> nice. Very cool. Who has the best hair on Rooney? <laughs> so this is, this was, this was hot, hotly debated. Uh, another one that we actually asked. That's a question we ask on our show that we love. Um, and so far we've gotten two answers. One is a kind of a cheeky answer and the other 50% is the real answer. So the real answer is Ben Benasso. He has this awesome mullet that he's been sporting um, that Conor McManus tried to copy. And then Ben Ben was doing so well with it that Conor McManus cut it. And then the cheeky answer uh, for all you guys is actually Luke Hume. If you don't know, Luke is bald. He's always kind of been bald. They call him the bald eagle. Yeah. Like legit because he played on the Eagles and he was bald. They call him the bald Eagle. And, and so a lot of guys, when we say best haircut, they, they take the cheeky answer and say, Luke. And he's a local product, right? He played it uh, in New York clubs, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. He was, yeah. New York club stalwart, um, you know, and, and been in, been in this country for a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I've been watching him play for, I can't even count the years yeah. and, you know, um, didn't play last year. You know, he kind of, he had a, a catastrophic ankle injury at the end of 2019 right. took off 2020. And then they were like, Hey, you, you have an opportunity to come back if you want. And he took it and he's fun to watch. He's one of those guys that he's so old and cheeky. You don't know what he's going to do. You would think he would just run forward and you think he would know the defender is the best sideline. He'll just grubber kick around you. It's it's, and just try and outpace you and completely surprise you in what he's going to do. And, and that's what makes it exciting to watch him play. Yeah. He's a good little player for sure. What team or teams do you dislike in MLR and why? I got to be honest. I don't dislike teams right now. Okay, let's get that straight. If there's a team in Ohio, I will completely dislike it because, like I said, I just I can't deal with Ohio. It's an Ohio-Michigan thing. I just can't deal with that team down south, that state down south, the whole nine yards. Um, but this, this is how I feel about it. Um, I don't. You know, do want the Free Jacks to win? No, obviously. You know, when they're playing Rooney, no. If the Free Jacks are playing guilt teams, I like to see the Eastern Conference be the best conference, which is the same philosophy I have in my football. Do I want the Bears to beat Green Bay? No. But if the Bears are playing the Chargers, I'll root for the Bears. I hate the Bears, but you know what? They're playing out of conference and out of division. So, why not have them win? You know, so that, that's kind of my mindset. I'm not very uh, vindictive. You know, I'm, I'm that guy. I'm going to hate you guys for 80 minutes, you know, in between the whistles and then grab a beer with you guys after. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's all about banter and having fun and rivalry Absolutely. is going to be a part of it's going to be a part of MLR. It already is. I mean, if you bring in the Boston region, New England, and you've got a New York team, listen, it's going to it's going to be there's going to be some butting of heads just because there's so much tradition. It's so close to each other in Boston. New York. Well, I think I think it kind of fell out. You know, I, I think if COVID hadn't have happened, yeah. how I feel it would have shaken out. And this is just obviously purely hypothetical. It would have been more regional, to be honest. I think you guys would have had more of a Toronto uh, um, derby. We would have had more of a DC derby, and Nola Atlanta have their natural derby until their teams come in. You know, as soon as there's a Philly team. New England drops off that New York rivalry because 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 New York and Philly is a huge rivalry in football, in hockey, in basketball, and in baseball. I yeah. mean, you know, because they're always in the same division conferences versus you know New England football. You know, uh, honestly, you know, I know a lot of Giants fans don't like the Patriots. To be honest, my father's a Giants fan. He's like, I could care less about the Patriots because they're in the AFC. Okay. You know? So. I don't know. I got to disagree with you there. I mean, I, I just don't see us having a big problem with Toronto. I understand that they're 
kind of local. You can jump on a flight and get there in an hour from uh, Boston. But um, yeah, I mean, it, listen, there's always going to be a thing yeah, yeah. like New York and Boston and and New, um, and New England rather. So yeah, we don't like you guys as much. But hey, hey, again, you know, <laughs> at the end of the game, we'll shake hands or you know, yeah, COVID safe it's, it's rugby, man. It's all about like I, yeah, exactly. Like I mentioned on Facebook, anybody who's going to the game, you'll see me. I'll have my sign. I'll be I'll be on the far side 40 you know because it's on a football field i'll be front row come say hi to me you're seeing what i look like I'll, i want to take pictures with you guys i want to put it on the social media yeah. you know i want to meet you guys i want to talk about you guys i want to know how your trip was yeah. you know, i love meeting especially now because we're such a young league i feel like some of this hatred and stuff you see with like you know you know eagles fans hating everybody legit legitimately hating anybody first of all that's not rugby culture mm-hmm. secondly i want to embrace you as a fan i want to thank you for taking the time to come because you know what we didn't have rugby, you know, Rooney didn't have any home matches last, last season, just like new England did. I'm not counting the Vegas matches as home matches, you know? So I appreciate you guys are making the trip down here that now that we can safely do it. For sure. Yeah. So before the game, there's a little trash talking, but after the game, we're all brothers. That's, that's the way to look at it. Yeah. Um, No real hatred, just some banter. That's all it is guys. Um, So moving right along here um, to the score prediction. So stand. I said on my show, I'm going to say Rooney by 10. And what I'm going to say is for those of you that made me, I watch all the MLR matches. So I'm kind of current into what's going on. You might not be, if you're just a new England fan or if you're new to it, you know, what, what have you. So Rooney has played a lot of teams where in the prior match, it's been like a weird outcome for that team. So for example, they, they, when Rooney played Nola the week before Nola had tied a match, right? So that's going to get you amped up as Nola to win the match. And guess what? They came out on fire and had a 30 point lead in the first 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Rooney played a Toronto team that was just on a three game win streak and kicking everybody's butt. Um, This week we're playing a free Jacks team who was went toe to toe with Atlanta. And because of discipline, lost it in the last 10 minutes. That's right. So in, in my head, it's the next, it's the first 20 minutes of this game that you guys are going to come out and punch us in the mouth. Now, whether or not you can sustain that type of energy throughout the game, you know, it's just, is rugby. But I think if Rooney can weather the first 20 minutes, I think the next 60 minutes, Rooney can, can open it up. Um, so I'm going to say Rooney by 10. Okay. Um, with this free Jack teams, we've seen them, you know, open up a lead on teams like Houston very early on in that game. And um, that's what I'm hoping happens here, but I'm not entirely sure that that's how it's going to be. Um, if, if New York wants to grind it out, I think we might have a bit of a problem. Our forwards need to step up in that circumstance for sure. Um, I, I have all the confidence in the world in our backs right now because they don't make me feel like I shouldn't have confidence in them. Um, it's the forwards that I'm a little worried about. Our lineouts have been not great with overthrows and big moments of a game towards the end of the game. So um, my key to the game this, you know, in the episode that before this interview was the forwards need to get, you know, shake themselves out here and sort themselves out rather and make sure that they are doing everything that they possibly can do to make sure that we win the game if New York wants to grind it out via an L.A.-type game situation. Um, I am picking the Free Jacks to win by three points. It's going to be very close, in my opinion. Um, And, uh, yeah, that's my – I've got um, New England 24, New York 21. So it's a nail-biter. Yeah, that's – yeah, that's – I'd say, yeah, probably a 40-point over-under – 
mm-hmm. is about right. So um, I think also, you know, what you go going, going back to the Houston match, you know, Houston's nine, 10 connection really wasn't there. And it, it, after that match, all of a sudden Nick Boyer comes in and Houston turned it on for two straight wins, scoring, I think over 50 points at both, or it might not have been two straight wins. There might've been a win. And then uh, that close one against the Giltinis. So I don't know if that's necessary. I mean, your offense definitely ran on them, but I don't know defensive wise, if it was indicative of your defense playing so great or Houston, not having the, the, the jump on that one, but yeah. you guys, I, I, that's what I said in rooster booster time. If you guys can slow it down and grind it out the way we did to LA, it'll definitely be a close match. Yeah. Um, if you guys open up holes, we have guys like Quinn Nawadi, uh, Fossi Fuatai, Will Leonard, um, Joel Miranda, Apanisa Kakabalavu, who are guys like Appy, Fossi, uh, our sevens guys, you know, so if you open a hole, they're gone. Quinn is a rugby league guy. If there's an open hole, he's gone. So, mm. you know, if, if you guys can maintain your defensive line and shut us our back line down, not open up those holes, it's definitely going to be a slug match. For sure. That's what I'm anticipating. A very, uh, a slobber knocker, as they say. Um, so I've got one word association, then we'll get you out of here. Mm-hmm. Jersey city. Gabagool. <laughs> okay. Sopranos. Gabagool. There you go. AFC. The Colonel. Okay. Jack's Rangers. Meh. <laughs> uh, Free Jacks. Ugh. Okay. Um, Bastaro. He's the man. We're, real quick. He still follows Rooney on social media. So oh, he, com- yeah, he comments. First of all, I, I got to say, everybody, we want to talk about guys coming over and, and having these big personas. First time I met him, shook my hand, was like, you want a picture? You want an autograph? You know, I, the guys have told me what you do. You know, I want to, you know, be part of it. You know, unfortunately, I didn't get to interview him because the, the, the season ended. They went and played against San Diego. The San Diego fans wanted pictures. He took a picture with everybody. They wanted autographs. He, I heard he was giving out autographs to everybody. So wow. I, that, that's why I say he was so nice to me. He was so nice to all the fans. I just, he's the man. Perfect. That was not one word, but I appreciate the clarification there. <laughs> Guiltinis. All right. <laughs> I mean, I again, Giltinis. I like. I like. I'm one of those guys. I like the colors they're doing with the 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 white kits and the black kits and the day glow stuff. Um, obviously, their style play is awesome. I'm could care less about the name, to be quite honest. You know, there's different facets about every team that I'm sure they want to take away. Like you know, maybe a certain team doesn't want to go with a Sasquatch thing that'll scare you know, put nightmares in kids or whatever. But you know, all right. Uh, yeah, I mean, do you guys have a mascot yet? I don't think so, right? No, we're, we're we really didn't have a mascot. I mean, we're we are self called the Roosters, right? Of course. Um, and the that again, to talk about Luke Hume. So originally they had more of Mets colors and you know, big orange and, and reds. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Luke Hume was like, We look like roosters, and the guys kind of took that persona on of just as a joke, yeah. and they even had like the hand signal, you know, with the thing. And then so um, um, one of these, one, one of these, uh, one of the fans, uh, Ski Bailey was like, well, we should call ourselves rooster boosters. So then we took on that persona. Yeah. And to be honest, the current management is like, we don't get it. It's not a New York thing. And I was like, well, technically it's not a New York city thing, but like I live in Carmel only an hour away. And I mean, I live behind a farm with chickens and roosters. So yeah. it's not, you know, if you go through the rest of New York, it's very far, you know, has farmland, Western New York, Northern yeah. New York. So it's not far fetched as you would think, but you know. And Rooney Roosters just rolls off the tongue, man. It, it makes, yeah. yeah, that's fine. I mean, I don't, I don't think we necessarily necessarily need a mascot. We just use the imagery as part of the fan club. But you know, it's you know, I think it's great. I mean, as a South Carolina diehard alumni fan for life, 
you know, roosters, gamecocks. I mean, it 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 saddens me to a certain extent to make fun of you guys as the roosters because okay. here I am. I've got two gamecock tattoos, my friend. So, <laughs> oh man, and and to, oh. I've been throwing around the um the insult dirt peckers for you guys. Yeah, yeah. But um, I like that. I like it that. Hurts me in my soul because <laughs> that is a gamecock, my friend. So yeah, it, it's been we actually. I, I, I lied. We actually did have a mascot. Now that I'm thinking about it, an actual rooster. So one of our one of our fans, Jason Zimmerman. Uh, me and him became friends about four years ago um, in a Saracens fan group, a Saracens American fan group. And there's actually several of us that are now, you know, we know each other through that group, and we're all fans of different teams. So we try and see each other as our teams are playing. Jason is one of those guys. He lives in Pennsylvania. There's no team there, so he adopted Rooney. He lives on a farm, so he actually had a, a rooster. And he named him Ben Foden in 2019. That's and then so sadly, cool. at the end of the season, they ate Ben Foden. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, um, if you guys want a mascot, a live one, this would be cool. I don't know how that would work in Jersey City, but um, I know some people that uh, that have Sir Big Spur, who's the Gamecock mascot. They treat him like gold. <laughs> um, so maybe we can make something happen. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. You know, another Michigan Wolverine lore, the reason the Michigan Wolverines don't actually have a live mascot is because in the 30s they did, and it bit the, the governor of Michigan one game, and he banned it from the stadium for life. So just just funny funny fan folklore. Even though it's not rugby related, I think you guys would enjoy. Well, I've got a suggestion for the management of your club. Is um, if you guys get a chicken suit, I think Scott would be the perfect person to be. No, there was there was an idea in 2019 through somebody that was working for the club that we were going to have a sevens tournament at halftime in chicken suits, full contact. And I was like, one, you can't see out of the suit. And two, are we going to be insured for this? And they were like, well, we're not sure. And I'm like, well, I'm not playing. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't blame you on that one. Scott, this has been great, man. Let's do it next time that these are these two teams play each other, man. Absolutely. You know what? I will be up there for the July 4th uh, match. Uh, I'll be uh, um, yeah. going to the Cape that weekend. I'm going to go that Saturday to go to the match. So hopefully we can meet in person. Yeah. I want to, you know, hang out with a bunch of Free Jacks fans. I'm trying to get some other Rooney fans to come up with me and take the trip yeah. um, from our Albany. Uh, we have we have kind of a, a New York City club and then an Albany fan club. So we're trying to get the Albany guys to come down to that one yeah, or come great. up to that one. So definitely appreciate it. We'll welcome you with open arms. I mean, we'll shit talk you a little bit, uh, but uh, after the game, yeah, we'll embrace. I'll buy you a beer. All right. Absolutely, man. Definitely. So it's been a long episode, guys. I wanted to thank Scott once again for joining in in the podcast there. This has been a, a long episode, but it's rivalry week, baby. I mean, what did you expect? We wanted to have a jam-packed episode for episode four here. Appreciate you guys hanging in there. Final thing before we get out of here, it's a tradition at this point, a new tradition, if you want to call it that, because we've only been four episodes in here, to go over American Revolutionary War history. Of course, New England, very rich in our American Revolutionary War history. I will leave you with this in 1783, the first United Empire loyalist arrived in Canada to take refuge under the British. So these were for folks that supported King George and Britain in the fight for American independence. So they kind of were people without a country after the Patriots won, of course. So they had to they had to head on up to Canada. Revolutionary War quote for the day, uh, I think the first duty of society is justice. And that was Alexander Hamilton. It's been a great episode. Yeah, let's go free Jack. Beat Rooney. Huzzah. Let's ride, baby. Woo!